Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Stop chasing pain. Dr. Perry Nicholson's tagline is more than just a suggestion. His background in chiropractic is the beginning of his journey to help people rid their body of pain and toxins. Doc takes what he describes as an ecological hierarchy approach to the bod. He systematically addresses the function of often siloed operations, including the nervous system, emotional response, and lymphatic system. These are just to name a few. Find out how to view your current pain or dysfunction through a new lens. Here it is, episode 464. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning, Power Athlete Radio, where not only do we melt minds, but we hit you every day with a fire hose of information, and it comes in hot. Today, especially. Dude, uh, today we got an amazing one. We have Dr. Perry Nicholson, who's a chiropractic, I guess almost like a pain detective in a lot of ways, like uh, just a, you know the Sherlock Holmes of pain in a lot of different, I mean, we had an amazing conversation and I was actually blown away by not only his holistic approach, and when I use the term holistic, I use with a W, not an H, because we're not talking about crystals and patchouli and all that other hippie bullshit. I but, didn't know, I thought... You spelled that hippy dippy with a W. Is that no? No, whole H or sorry, W H O L would be like holistic. When I see H O L, I think of Berkeley and patchouli and crystals and hippy dippy bullshit. Oh, I didn't know how to spell it. So I, I, that's just probably something way I'm doing it. But uh, he's a uh, uh, not. Uh, we got connected via Kelly Starrett. I remember uh-huh. Kelly shot me his Instagram. I was like, dude, check out what this guy's doing. His work in terms of like brain function, lymphatic, and uh, especially as it translates towards concussions, which is always uh, you know an interesting hot button for me uh, being an ex NFL player, um, and also the cranial manipulations that I did with Dr. Bueller and Rolfing and all that. So. Uh, yes, when I looked at it in terms of lymphatic drainage and being able to clear the lymphatic system away from toxins, I was fucking in. Yes, so a chiropractic physician that focuses on performance enhancement, corrective exercise, and metabolic fitness and nutrition. It does so much more. I mean, to mm-hmm. be able to have people come in with pain, with, with dysfunction, and then be able to put them through a system that can not only figure it out, and you know, uh, he did make a good point that rarely does X mark the spot Uh like hey this is where my pain is well if we just treat that we're not going to fix the underlying causes and could it be everything from like you know uh your immune system lymphatic system uh you know uh like looking at like fascia and all the other pieces so and uh, very cool perspective because he he went through his hierarchy and that how he determines the importance and reverse engineers it from the spot of pain the low back the mid back or ankle wherever his clientele visits. So he does walk us through his, his approach to finding out what it is and get you to stop chasing pain. Well, it's, uh, it's an ecosystem mm-hmm. and then uses a hierarchy. But I think on that one, man, let's, uh, let's get into it. And we have Dr. Perry Nicholson. Yes, and that's at StopChasingPain and StopChasingPain.com. Let's do it. Go. Hey, Doc, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, we're well, thanks. Uh, we got connected via uh, Kelly Starrett, and Kelly could oh, yeah. not 
uh, one, he can't shut up in general, <laughs> but uh, he just went on and on. And, um, you know, I feel like I've known Kelly for 10 lifetimes. So whenever Kelly is like, hey, you got to check this guy out. He's doing some really amazing stuff. I, I, he's one of the people I listen to. So uh, Dr. Perry Mickelson um, from New Jersey. I used to live in New Jersey, too, and you're a Cairo. Uh, why don't you take the audience through who you are and give us a little bit of background from micro to macro, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, well, thank you very much again for having me. And yeah, Kelly's a, he's awesome. He's, it's, he's been a really big influence in, in my life over the years. And uh, I'm really honored to know him for sure. Um, well, let's see. It's a hell of a journey. Well, I am a, here's the thing. I am a chiropractor, but I'm not. So people always ask me, what do you do? And, I'm, and I say, that's a damn good question because I don't really do just one thing. I don't say I'm a chiropractor because as soon as I say that, people have this mental idea of already knowing what I do. And I'm like, you're probably not even close. So you're not going to crack my neck and then charge me 20 bucks? No. I mean, I can, <laughs> but I usually don't because honestly, I've, I've designed my practice of helping people where I'm the last person you end up looking for, not the first. Um, so they've already tried chiropractic or they're seeing a chiropractor now that they're really getting a lot of help with, or they tried it before and it just didn't seem to be the underlying answer for them. And I always say that the last thing I'm going to do when you come in to see me is what everybody else has already done to you, because if that's what you needed, you wouldn't be standing in front of me. So I have to change my thought process because I don't think my hands are any more magical than somebody else's. You just got to know where you put your damn hands. Like, am I even in the right spot or not? And I usually don't go after where your pain is. That's why my company is called Stop Chasing Pain, which means we treat pain, but we don't chase it because pain doesn't tell me anything at all. Pain to me is a request for change, which means that you need to change something in your lifestyle or behavior. Or I have to change the way I'm looking at you in order to find the answer. And very rarely does X mark the spot. I mean, if you treat where it hurts and it doesn't get better, I'm going to tell you two things. That's probably not the spot you want to be on because you would be getting better. Or if it gets better, why does it keep coming back? All right. Or, or there's so much damage there that it can't be fixed with my scope of what I need to do. And maybe you do have to go under the knife because you broke stuff so much that I can't bring it back. But that's rarely the case. So usually when somebody comes to see me, they've had test after test after test and then this x-ray or this MRI and tried all these different things. So I know than anything really, truly serious. Like, okay, I know your back doesn't hurt because you have cancer. We ruled that sucker out. So now everybody's treated your back. So I'm going to look everywhere else. How about we start there? And so most people say, you know, that makes a heap of a lot of sense. And I'm like, yes, it does, right? And then we usually find our answer. And then that's, that's where my thing is now. And I... I honestly think that out of all my years of being in healthcare, which is, geez, quite a few now. I graduated from chiropractic school in 1997 from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Um, is that now I think that people come to see me not so much from what I do, but how I think. 
So what's uh, what's different? I mean, I'm obviously uh, I'm super familiar with chiropractic, and I've dealt with uh, you know chiropractors and you know uh, myofascial release and people that do cranial manipulations and uh, you know I mean yeah. uh, occipital. Uh, you know the guy that I saw, like I saw a guy in Dallas. You know, Doctor Bueller does the AIMIT uh, activated muscle integration technique. Um, I'm thinking about all the different kind of approaches to this. How would you kind of classify what you do? I mean, you know, you're talking about pain, which is pretty funny because, uh, pain seems to be the driver for just about everything. Like, uh, uh, my knee hurts. Great. Let's replace it. And I've had my knee MRI and x-ray and they're like, well, you know, your knee doesn't hurt you, even though it looks worse than the knee replacement that we probably just did. Uh, you know, and pain becomes that ultimate decider for people to, you know, make, crazy decision. So I'm just wondering like what your practice really kind of focuses on. It's an integrative approach. And also, um, what's the scope of injuries Is it all sports injuries or is it people that from just everything? It's human being injuries, man. It's no scope. Like, you know, to me, it's that old tagline from Nike. Everybody's an athlete. And so, um, I just look at the human body, uh, you know, in, in a way where I'm not necessarily looking at techniques to, to treat you because all te- here's the dirty little secret is every technique works for someone and all of those things that you just mentioned are fantastic right and but most people will go after where something hurts and and you should so let's take that knee for an example right and we know from studying pain science now that your level of pain or experience of pain has zero correlation to the extent of tissue damage that somebody finds in your painful area. So people can have a knee that has zero space left in it, no cartilage, bone on bone. And they're like, well, thanks for letting me know. Can I go ski now? I don't feel anything. And then you've got somebody else that looks like a perfect knee and they can't walk, right? So they they can't equate it to tissue damage. I'm not saying that it might not be a factor in there, but pain in and of itself doesn't tell you a lot. Like I said before, it only tells you that you have a problem. It doesn't tell you what it is or where it is. And pain can actually just be in your brain and it's locked in there from a past experience that you've had in your knee that you caught in this pain loop. So you can almost do any damn thing to a site of pain and make it feel better with any technique. And sometimes it's that easy. Like if your knee hurts, let me just do a lot of stuff to your knee. And if it gets better, that's awesome. Pat yourself on the back. That's great. That's what we want. But if it doesn't, then we owe it to ourselves to look at other things that might be going on. And mine mine actually just started of looking everywhere else but your knee that it hurts. So it started off as a journey where to me, the light bulb went off where I'm like, you know what? Maybe instead of your knee, I should be looking at the ankle below it and the hip above it. And this was years ago. And I thought, man, that's astounding. That's a really good idea. Because maybe your ankle doesn't move well enough. So it's lost some range of motion. And it doesn't hurt, but your knee pays the price because your ankle doesn't move. You follow? Which is very, very common. So a lot of people have locked up ankles, they don't even know that it's locked up because they still move fine. Nothing's wrong with my ankle. But it slowly develops over time, and then the knee pays the price because the knee has to move more because the ankle doesn't move enough. Or you go above, and then you look at the hip, and then the hip, either one itself doesn't move enough either, which it probably doesn't, or it doesn't have enough control, which they call stabilization, which means you have a sloppy hip. And if you can't control your hip, then the end part of the hip 
articulates at the knee and then the knee pays the price. So the running joke in rehab is the knee is a really stupid joint, <laughs> which means it only does what the foot will allow it to do and what the hip can control. So you'd look at the ankle and then you would look at the hip. And then when you treated those, people would say, you know what, my hip, my knee actually feels a lot better. So my journey started there, but then I also found that that wasn't enough. And then I started to expand even further and say, well, maybe it's not your right knee that hurts us the problem. Maybe it's something wrong with the opposite side of your body altogether. So I would look at your non-painful side. So I started focusing on areas that you didn't know hurt, where there was no pain at all. Because everybody's busy doing something to the side of pain and it's not really changing. So I said, let me look somewhere else. And then that's what we look for, what we call non-painful dysfunction. I really don't like that word dysfunction, but I really haven't found anyone to use for it yet. It just means it's not working as optimally as it could. And then the body just adapts and compensates and tries to protect you any way it can. And then all of a sudden you can develop pain anywhere in the body, anywhere that it, that it chooses. So I started to have even better success by looking at areas that were nowhere near where your knee pain was, right? So for instance, I mean, I could do something to your rib cage and then I get your rib cage to move a little bit better. And you're like, God, that's the craziest thing in the world, but is it nuts? But my knee feels way better. And it makes sense because we know that everything is interconnected in the body and you can't separate body parts because there is no, there are no parts, right? My lessons came later when I realized a fundamental mistake that I was doing. I was still focusing on the musculoskeletal system, which means muscle, fascia, joint, tissue, cartilage. And then I forgot, holy cow, you know, there's a lot of other systems in the body that may be contributing to your issue. My cardiovascular system, my blood flow system, blood flow in, blood flow out. Uh, my lymphatic system, my sewage system of the body. You know, uh, maybe, maybe my knee hurts because there's so many toxins around my knee because the toxins from the injury can't get out. Or all the organs in the abdomen that might have inflammation in there and the underlying organ inflammation prevents me from rotating my torso and then I go after my torso without going after the organs. And then my immune system, like what I discovered through my own experience of suffering a really debilitating autoimmune disease is that musculoskeletal pain is caused a lot by underlying inflammation caused by your immune system gone crazy. Was it, uh, and, uh, it wasn't related to uh, Lyme disease, was it? Seeing as you live in New Jersey, no. Uh, I was going to say living in New Jersey, that's like the boogeyman is the Lyme disease and the ticks. Oh, it's very prevalent up here. I actually look out my window here. I live in the sticks and in the woods, and it's very prevalent up here. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, your immune system is just going crazy. Most of the time, it's because people have what they call malabsorption or leaky gut syndrome, and you lose your immune system because your gut's been destroyed over the course of your lifetime. And then that can manifest in any damn joint in the body that it wants, right? So your knee can hurt because your gut got holes in it and it's got inflammation in there, right? And then that's that's the one thing I learned about the body. I say this phrase all the time is the human body can do whatever the hell it wants to do and it doesn't have to make any sense to you whatsoever when it doesn't. 
which means the human body is under no obligation to make sense to you. It's going to do what it needs to do to try to do one thing, to protect you and make sure that Dr. Perry doesn't die today. As long as Dr. Perry doesn't die today, that's a good day. His life may suck because he's not happy and he's depressed and he has pain, but at least he's not dead. So that's a good day for your brain and your body. So I go after the body from that standpoint of everything in the body that does is for a reason. That reason is safety and protection and survival. And it might not make sense to us the strategy that it's taking, but I have to trust in why the body is doing what it's doing and not blame it for what it's doing or try to shut down what it's using in order to make the changes that it can in my body. And then when I started to look at all the other systems in the body, <clears throat> that's what I think is the unique approach here is because I, I don't look at just one system in the body. I have a saying that, that I say that there's no system in the body that ever works alone, never gets into alone, never heals alone. So I don't believe there's a musculoskeletal system. I don't believe there's an immune system. I believe there's an ecosystem, which everything works together. Everything is just important as the next one. And just because you're not experiencing pain in that particular system doesn't mean that that's not the one driving everything. So where that do you start? Sense. I mean, it, it's uh, it's kind of um, I mean, it's a fascinating uh, approach in terms of like a holistic approach. When I say holistic, I don't mean like in terms of like yeah. crystals and hippie shit, but I mean like whole with a W, like this holistic approach where hey, I'm going to attack the human body as an entire system, not just this segmented idea. And um, I, dude, I I broke from like conventional medicine when uh, I realized that doctors have when you go see them, they got two options. They either give you a pill or they give you a surgery. And, um, you know, my background, I, I played college football at Cal and then I went and played in the NFL for 10 years. And every injury I encountered was like a pill or a surgery. And I remember thinking like, there's no way that this is like, uh, like this can be it. Like they, like it was just confusing to me that, you know, Hey, we're going to mask something or we're just going to cut it out and try to fix it. And like, there should be a different way. And they looked at nothing. And I, I got really deep into like getting blood work done twice a year and doing gut biome and testing and this and, you know, pretty extensive stuff because, um, the, I, I knew that the, uh, like the damage that was being done by playing in the NFL, like there needed to be a way to kind of like marker it. I wanted to know what, what my testing looked like tell as a young individual and be able to kind of keep it through so I could make changes. Um, yeah. So as you get into this and you're kind of in this holistic idea, like where does it start? People come to you because they like, I have pain in my hip and then it starts that or is it something where people are coming to you for other reasons like I have cancer or I'm sick or uh, I can't, you know, uh, every time I eat, I shit my brains out. I'm just wondering if like the way that like, like the, the conduit to get to you, is it always kind of sports injury related or are there other things that bring people to you? Yeah, I mean, it's everything. Honestly, I have all different levels of conditions that people come in to see me for and all types of human beings at all different age groups. Uh, I will preface it to say that I was blessed to be able to do what I do now because of, um, you know, one of the things that, that happens with my world is, like I said, that people usually come in to see me last. And They've had everything done that a clinician should go through to make sure that I check the boxes like a checklist. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the blood work. I'm going to see what you got. I'm going to do the MRI. I'm going to do the ultrasound. I'm going to rule out that you don't have cancer in your back. And then would all those come back as quote unquote normal or negative or within normal ranges? Or if they do find something in the traditional approaches that haven't worked, 
that's where I've been able to explore and do things that normally seem absolutely nuts. And how could it be anywhere related to what the problem is? Because I can do that now because I know everything else has already been checked, right? So it's almost like a scientific process in a way. Okay, we've done this and we know it's not that. I've done this and we got this and we didn't get that. So how about we do something completely crazy and see if it just might be that? And in my world, it was people that first initially started to come see me for you know, chronic. You don't see me when you have acute pain. It's usually chronic. And uh, with me being in chiropractic, the first one was usually chronic neck pain, chronic back pain, or, or nerve pain, for instance. And um, that's when I started to explore uh, different areas of the body and different systems of the body. And I'll give you an example in a moment. But it, it turns out that you'll discover that a lot of musculoskeletal injuries that are chronic are because of underlying issues with different systems of the body. Like I said before, in relationship to the uh, immune system or the lymphatic system. And they just manifest in the musculoskeletal system. And then the knee-jerk reaction in medicine is, well, if your back hurts, it's got to be a back problem. If my back muscle's in spasm, it's got to be a back muscle problem. It might, but it might be, might be both. Um, so I just started to explore and say, well, if everything's showing up normal, they can't find anything wrong, why in the hell are you still crippled? Because I don't believe that you're, you have to stay that way. I had to expand my thought process of how I'm looking at the body and be open up for anything. So here's how my, my journey uh, first began, where I noticed a kind of a central theme in my work where if somebody would come in, like say with that knee pain on the right, then I had a lot more success by doing something to the knee on the left, because the knees have to talk to each other. One knee can take the burden of the other knee and one hurts, but that's not the underlying problem. And I'm like, holy cow, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> and then I started to do the same thing with hip to hip. And then I started to expand out of hip to shoulder, hip to opposite shoulder. And then I began to look at other aspects of front to back of the body, front to back of the body. And uh, that's, so let's give you an example. Somebody comes in to see me and they have chronic pain in the middle of the back shoulder blades, which you get all the time. And then we're going to link that to poor posture, or you're going to need to do some adjustments or manipulation or foam rolling or something to the middle of your back or what they call thoracic mobility drills. You're just stuck there and you do all that stuff and you're still not really feeling any better. I'm like, what the hell do you do next? Just keep doing that and hoping that this week it sticks. No, for me, I'm like, well, let me flip the switch. Maybe it's something in the front of the body. So let me check what's the opposite side of the mid-back. That's your sternum. So I started to focus on the sternum for people and the ribs in the front. And at first, people are like, why the hell are you looking there? It doesn't hurt there. And I'm like, now you're catching on. That's exactly why I'm looking there. And then here's the beautiful thing that happened is that when I started to check in those places, people were blown away about how much it freaking hurt when I put my finger there. Mm -hmm. which means that they had no idea that their sternum actually hurt. Because the sternum is, can be one of the most painful areas in your body when it's dysfunctional. I broke, my, I, I broke my xiphoid process. Yeah. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Sure. No, that was yeah. Yeah, uh, super painful. Yeah. 
and, and then, you know, you got the ribs that articulate in the front actually are those same ones in the back that you're crunching on in the back, right? But you don't really feel it in the front. And so, first of all, they were startled by the amount of pain that they had in the front. But here's the thing that I, I explain to people now is that you didn't consciously know that the sternum hurt. You consciously know that the mid-back hurts because it keeps telling you all the time, right? But what has, you actually have always known that it hurts, but not at a conscious level. It's at a subconscious level. So I do a lot of work with the brain, right? Because we know that the brain drives pain. That pain is in the brain. So your brain has always known that your sternum freaking hurts. You just didn't know it. That's my joke. <laughs> Which means that subconsciously, your brain always knows what's going on all the time. You just don't register all the time. Because if you did, there'd be so much information coming at you, you couldn't function. So your brain was trying to protect your sternum the whole time, right? And so in my world, I'm going to say, here's how I look at it, is that your brain just sacrificed the middle of your back to protect the sternum area instead. Do you think that there's like a down order effect? Like, um, like if there was a bunch of dysfunction, the body kind of picks almost like downstream, like yes. you pick like the most, or sorry, the least impactive piece, uh, yes. you know, like, you, okay. Yeah. So that's actually leading to one of the biggest things that is part of my thought process and, and how I work because I, um, I've learned a lot over the years by, looking at pain in the brain and pain is subjective, which means it's, it's all based on your perceptions and your life history, your past experience, your culture, how you were raised, everything. So it's, there's always an emotional component to pain. Yeah. It's like oh. memories. I, uh, I always, um, dude, I've been saying it for years. Uh, like pain for me is like an old friend coming to visit. Yeah. Like sit yeah. down old friend, you know, let's talk a little bit and then you're going to fucking leave. And I think, uh, like a long time ago, like, you know, to, to play and do, do my job, I had to make a deal with pain where like, I knew you were going to be hanging around. I didn't want you to hang around too long. And it was like, just like an old friend coming to visit. And I think the minute that I changed my mind in that, in that regard, uh, it wasn't as big an issue and I didn't run from it. And I think a lot of guys that I played with were forever running from pain. So they used pills, alcohol, you know, uh, marijuana, whatever it was, drugs, uh, to try to somehow mask it. And I was like, you just got to accept it. You got to make it a friend and realize that it's going to be there. It's not going to be there forever. Um, but it, I think the guys that I saw that ran from it, that tried to medicate around it, now, years later, I've seen have the most amount of problems. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. It, it, it's such a psychological aspect to to pain. And when I started to study, okay, I mentioned a little bit before, what, what's the primary goal of your brain? It's not dying. It's survival, right? And that's reflexive. Like, you just can't control that shit. Like, it's, it's going to just, that's like, okay, I'm going to throw something at you. Your first instinct is to do this, right? Put your hands up to, to move away. It just happens so fast. Tony Blower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spear system, right? Yeah, spear system. You, you use that. It's 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 primal 90, 90. reflexive technique, and they're called control points or nodal points. Where I know if I push somewhere, I can control wherever you go. It's a martial art. If I hit you yeah. here, I know you're going to go there, and my knee's going to be waiting for you when you get there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but so that's driven primal brain down low that drives all of your behavior, your subconscious behavior. 
And I thought about this for a moment. Is that Tony's reptilian brain? Is that what they call it? Is, is yeah, that the, uh, yeah, that's that primal reptilian brain that is, comes in first. So right? text, those are like the reptiles the that, the, that you think yeah. live underground that control everybody? Yeah, Remember? our politicians. <laughs> yeah. So we started making jokes on the, on our podcast where different conspiracy theories, and one of them is that like uh, the whole world is controlled by underground uh, big lizards. The whole flat Earth is controlled by <laughs> underground lizards. Yeah. yeah. So so we we try to work them in on occasion in the podcast. It's like Rowdy so, Rowdy, but it's them, right? Uh, they live. I, I've been saying yeah, that they documentary. Live. They live was the best one we've ever had. Yep, it's so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the brain actually works from bottom up, not top down. So that that survival brain kicks into play the limbic okay do whatever you got to do to not die okay now we can go to the next step am i loved am i accepted then after that then you can get to the thinking brain right so it it, it rules bottom up and uh, so i thought to myself what and i noticed something it's very odd that why does everybody come in to see me 90 percent of their injuries are on the backside low back, mid back, back of the neck. I think, um, uh, honestly, I've always come to the conclusion that it's uh, um, the reason that most people have those uh, things is because they don't ever like really put themselves under load. I think most people don't like aren't involved in some form of training system that they allows them to do this. And they just, when you weaken, those are the things that tend to affect people. I mean, you look and it's like people get old, their back hair. It's, you know, it's, I just think people get out of shape and it, uh, it, it, like those are the first ones that become the warning signs. Exactly. And I dug deeper and I'm like, okay, well, what's the primary reflexive position posture that you get into when you're under threat and you can't run away or somebody's about to completely destroy you in a fight and you can't defend yourself? What position do you get in? Tuck, cradle. Correct. You get into a fetal position, which means your body, your brain instinctively knows to protect everything where? Around the center. In front. Head, eyes, right? Nose, throat, sternum, heart, organs, sexual organs that curl up into a ball. And what do you leave exposed? Your ass. The back. The back. So here's my thought process, because I know of what the brain's primary job is, is protection. It says, listen, I'm doing the best I can in the situation I've got. I'll deal with the other shit later. I just got to get you through this moment. How about that? So then I thought, well, maybe your back hurts because your body's doing everything it can to protect you from feeling physical pain in the front of the body. Right? Because trust me, if you hurt in your sternum and your abdomen, you ain't moving anywhere. Like you're done. You're toast. If, you, if, you're, if I got you in the private parts, you're not going anywhere. If I get you in the throat, you're not going anywhere. If I get you anywhere into the mouth or the nose, that's a nodal point. The space yeah. between your lip and your nose, that's a control point, right? So my thinking was this, right? Everybody's going after the pain in the back, but the back is where your body is sending the pain to ultimately protect your vulnerability that you don't know you have, and it's in the front. So I'm going to check your front for a lot of pain you don't know you have. And 99.9% of the time, I'm going to find it, which is where if I go anywhere near your face, your throat, your sternum, your abdomen, or your organs, or your groin, and I push there, 
it can be excruciatingly painful. And here's my point. It's not supposed to be. But you just didn't know that it hurt there. Guess where Dr. Perry is going to treat? Right there. So my tagline on my Instagram page is this. We go after the pain that you don't know about to help the pain that won't leave you alone. We go after the pain that you don't know about to help the pain that won't leave you alone. Because in my world, I think the body says, listen, I know you're emotionally strong enough to deal with pain in the back. It sucks. But trust me, it could be way lot worse if I hurt you in the front. So, so let's deal with what we got back here. So yeah. it's a novel idea for me. I treat both. Is, the, I just like, want, is pain always the biggest reason? Like I, like I, I think I fail at this a little bit, whereas I'm, I'm focused on like function. Hey, can I move? Can I do this? Whereas I think I, uh, uh, if you can continue to move and move well, pain doesn't necessarily tend to accumulate. So I'm wondering, like, uh, you know, the like, who, like, who's your clientele? Who, who are the people you're working with? I mean, is it, is, is it people from like all walks of life? I mean, from kids up to you know senior citizens and everybody in between. Yeah, it is. Uh, over the years, it's gotten more towards people that are suffering from uh, debilitating uh, autoimmune diseases or mm-hmm. neurodegenerative disorders. Well, take like us that. through one. Like, like if somebody's got an autoimmune issue or let's say somebody has something going on, you know, with, uh, with, with the brain, like, how, like take us through the process. How do you treat them? I mean, I, I know for me personally, uh, when I retired from the NFL, I went to a doc and he did a cranial manipulation where he put a balloon in my nose and did that mm-hmm. cranial sacral deal and cracked That's it. That's a fun one. Yeah. And it completely like, you won't hear me say this very often, but when I say it changed my life, it probably did. Like, it, like, like the lights got brighter. Um, I could see, I could smell. It was like it, it restored probably 50% of my function. And like instantly, I like to the point where I sat up and I was like, did somebody, are you guys mess with me by turning these lights on? And <laughs> the pressure that it relieved, I didn't even know existed. So I, I, I had this like crazy pressure in my head that didn't even uh, like compute until it went away. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, like yeah. what, if, what if I had never had this done? What I, you know, how would I have suffered through this? And so, like, t- take me through the process. Yeah, well, he's doing a classic thing. Of you probably didn't know that the inside of your skull was an issue, right? You're just feeling it everywhere else, okay? And I do cranial work myself. I don't do the balloon-type technique, but I do work uh, with the cranial as well. But what I do is this. I... I started to try to put all the different systems of the body together and what I call um, an ecosystem hierarchy. So an ecosystem means that everything works together. Uh, not, there's no one thing, right? And when you look at a part by itself, it completely changes when you put it together with another part. And hierarchy is basically a list of importance of a priority. So I I put the body list together based on my own experience of looking at the body. Of Every system in the body is important, but I think some are more important than others in relationship to one thing. If something goes wrong with that system, you die faster. So if you die, if there's a system that if I take it offline, you're dead like that, it's more important to your body than one where you can live for three or four days, mm-hmm. right? So it'll say, hey, uh, 
let's sacrifice your ankle because your ankle is not as important as your liver, right? Boom. So your liver is more important because it can kill you faster if I take your liver out of the game. So it'll pull from other systems to try to protect that, right? So for me, the hierarchy system I put together to help me do like a checklist, uh, I call it like a flight manifesto. Let's say if you, when somebody comes in to see me, I need to check all of the systems of the body to see how they're working together and where I think I need to go is based on one thing, what you say to me and your history. So that matters. Like I'm going to know where I need to begin to focus my work based on what you tell me and based on looking at your history and then based on going then then now and confirming it with my hands, with what I feel. And I have a one through nine system. So let me tell you what number nine is. Number nine is where you point. Doc, it hurts on my right shoulder. So for me, that's the bottom of the rung. That's number nine, right, of the least importance. I'm going to look there because you expect me to look there. Then number eight is your musculoskeletal system. That's muscle, fascia, joint, ligament, tendon, right? So I'm going to look at that because maybe that's jacking up your shoulder around here, right? So I'll be giving you the bottom two because I want to give you the top two. So the top one for me is the brain itself, right? So the brain it itself. And that is usually brain inflammation, underlying inflammation in the brain. And why do people get underlying inflammation in the brain? Well, because they usually have a problem with their gut system, their immune system, or their lymphatic system, which is the detoxification system of your body. So I'm like, okay, well, if I've got brain inflammation, why the hell do I got brain inflammation? So then I'm starting to look at what causes that. Now, in, in my work also, the, the number one is also the the brain's perception of pain, the brain's perception of the world around it, right? And that's where I got into the, a lot of the emotional-based work because a lot of people will experience chronic musculoskeletal pain that's purely emotional-based because they're holding on to past shock and trauma in the body and it's manifesting as an autoimmune disease or chronic pain because there's the emotional component that went on over because the emotion... Uh, the stress from the shock and the trauma drives the underlying stress response. And that underlying stress response kicks off the inflammatory response. So I can't, if I can't take you uh, out of the, off the ledge of inflammation by decreasing your inflammation from the emotional component, I'm really going to be struggling. How so do you treat the emotion? There's always an emotional component to it. Doc, how do you treat the emotion? I mean, I, um, I, dude, I've read for years that they talk about pain and emotion being stored within the fascia. And uh, like myofascial release work, um, you know, releasing, you know, yep. people crying and having these emotional outbursts and even like memories that had since been buried coming out. And I, I remember uh, actually Kelly recommended I go see a Rolfer years ago. And, uh, yeah. and the person like I remember on their deal was like, you know, this can be extremely emotional work and that we have a lot of emotions come to the system because of, of, you know, emotion being stored in the fascia. And it was funny because, uh, I must have none because I was just like a serial killer through the whole thing. And, and I was like, I'm waiting for this emotional thing. And the lady's like, 
I don't know, maybe it's deeper or you just might be a little different, but I mean, is that something that you see that like, uh, you know, emotion and past trauma stored within the fascia? Like how do you even begin to treat something that's one that's been so underlying for so long? And I mean, is it just, uh, identifying it like kind of the, you know, uh, you know, like let's talk about your problems and somehow by talking about them, we'll release them. Uh, well, that's a, that's a big, a big question. It, it can be a mix of a lot of different things. So it can be stored anywhere. You know, fascia is just one place that it can be stored. It can be stored anywhere in the body. And there's, there is what they call like somatic experiencing, somatic therapy, where there's a lot of great results with people who've had traumatic experiences, and they do it through not necessarily just talking, but through physical movement and touch at the same time. So somatic experiencing is something that I've studied over the years as well, because it's usually taking somebody to a certain reflexive position that they, they were in when they got the trauma or held on to it. And for me, when I looked, I didn't even look at the role of emotion, honestly, most of my career, because there was used to be a time and I thought that was just through, through out of your mind, not so stuff because I just wasn't ready to see it yet. And the universe has a way of teaching you something by kicking your ass. Well, they say uh, that uh, uh, the student is ready or the master, what, what is it? When the student's ready, the master appears. And I yeah. think about all, all that time. I mean, it, it's almost like once you reach the point where you're ready for it, the right person and, and the whole inf- all the information comes up. I mean, you know, if somebody's not ready right. for it, it just falls on deaf ears. It's, just, it's always been there. You just weren't ready to see it yet. Yeah. And for me, it was my autoimmune disease and being chopped off at the knees where I got so sick that I thought about killing myself and I had an emotional and physical breakdown and damn near lost everything and almost broke. And my journey back is how I discovered the work that I'm doing now and that emotional component. That was, that was the initial stuff that exposed me to the work of Dr. John Sarno. And Dr. John Sarno is some, someone who treated Howard Stern, and he was one of the first pioneers to talk about chronic low back pain being uh, primarily emotional driven. And he has a, a term that he uses called tension myoneural syndrome or tension myositis syndrome. And basically that means that constant emotional stress and tension tightens up tissue and tight tissue doesn't accept blood flow well. So you choke off nutrient supply and you choke off toxin release from tissue and then cells break down and you get chronic pain because of psychological tension and stress. So for me, stress is the physical, emotional stress is the number one driver of chronic pain and chronic disease because you can't release tension in your body. And then I started to find in my work, the number one place I would find emotional tension held, and it cycled back to what we originally talked about before. When you curl into a ball, what's the greatest place of tension? What's your center point axis of tension if you curl into a ball? Probably in, in the sternum. Let's say in the sternum, that would be the center point of the body as you're like bringing the ball in, you're curving in towards the sternum. Like the center, like the belly. If the sternum's going to be a part of it, you can be smack dab right in the middle of your gut. Yeah, the belly. That's the curl point. Right? So if, if I'm curling in, I'm going to have a center point of that circle. It's going to be roughly two to three inches above your navel. 
and that center point, which happens to coincide if you draw a line from your shoulder to your hip from opposite sides, it hits right down in that sucker. So I've studied a ton of emo, uh, Eastern medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and a lot of different worlds. And osteopathic medicine has been extremely uh, helpful for me. And so people that I studied from will say, and I tend to agree with it based on my work, when I'm looking for the number one place that holds emotional trauma in shock, the majority of the time I'm going to find it in your gut, in your abdomen. And it just so happens when you look at anatomy there, you have a huge amount of nerve ganglia and plexus that sits there in that region, easily four big clusters of nerves that come together called ganglia. One people might know is their celiac plexus, their solar plexus. That's a big one. That's that strike point that I'll take you right out, right? Punch in the gut. And if you go and you feel around in that region, it can be excruciatingly painful from the space between your navel to your bottom of your sternum, but up to your sternum because of those nerve plexi as well. Uh, and when I release there, that's usually the largest place that I get um, people when they have an emotional release for people. Sometimes it only takes me putting my hand there. Other time it takes me going in pretty deep. Like I'll go all the way down to touch your spine and be near your aorta. I very rarely can get that far because it freaking hurts. And one of the things that causes people to have an emotional reaction from something when you do that is when they feel vulnerable and they don't feel a sense of control control and that region is an area where most humans don't like for you to touch why because you feel very vulnerable there right it's, it's an open source spot of uh, everything sits there so you've got your organs that sit there. You've got your aorta sit there. You've got your, your vena cava that sits there, your nerve plexus that sits there, the largest lymph node in your body that takes the toxins away from and out of your body sits right there. The diaphragm attaches to your spine right there. The psoas attaches right there. That's the sweet spot. That's called the yin and yang where they come together, that, that central point in that region. And some people will have an emotional reaction right there other times that will happen hours later or sometimes days later but not everybody will have one either right it doesn't mean that they also won't have a reduction in their pain or discomfort so i've gone in there and had it to feel like i'm pushing on a cement block and then when i can get it to release and i do a lot of different ways that i can do that uh and then once it releases it the whole body released let's go and then where I couldn't get down before because it was a cement block, it just completely lets go and you'll be able to reach all the way down in towards and touch the spine. And then that person will feel a relief of musculoskeletal pain wherever. It's actually probably when I related to the story I said before of your middle back. So uh, when the mid back hurts, I'll go to your sternum. And it also happens to be the mid back, the number one spot that hurts when people have digestive issues and stomach issues. Hmm. And so when people have stomach issues, the middle of the back will hurt. So I'll always ask, yeah, what's your digestion like? What's your bowel movements like? Yeah, things like that. And the majority of the time, they're going to have an issue right there. And they'll 
it'll reflex back into the middle of the back. And that's when I'll go in there and then I'll move your organs around. I'll do some visceral manipulation to your organs or I'll do laser therapy to your organs and settle that down. And then your middle back feels a lot better. But it's also a big cause of low back pain. I have a lot of people that come to see me for chronic low back pain and, or sciatic pain. And I turn them on their back and I do stuff to the front. And when I treat the front, they're usually blown away to say, that's the most excruciating thing I've ever felt in the front. And all of a sudden, their low back feels better. Well, what you're doing is you're confusing the body. You're you're just confusing the body. The the body can only process pain at one point. So if you go, if you're pushing a bunch on the front, then all of a sudden, you know, probably downstream effect. Is there a... um, like if you could put a chart on the wall, could you almost say that like, Hey, like I know shoulder pain is related to the liver. I know low back pain is related to the gut. I mean, is it kind of like a situation like that where different organs or different kind of systems manifest to different, uh, like different, like points in the body kind of injuries? Yeah, they can. They have, you take this called heads laws, basically where you can have what called referral patterns of irritation when you have in, Organs. So very, very common ones are the right shoulder when you have issues with your liver. So people get right shoulder issues, they get right hip issues, can be linked to frozen shoulder quite a lot. People that have uh, gallbladder issues. That's me, Doc. I got I, I have the posterior capsule on my right shoulder is frozen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so you take, so when I tell people things, you have to take this into context with a lot of other different things. Yeah. So if somebody has like a right shoulders, doesn't automatically mean that it's going to be liver driven, right? Sure. So then you go and you're, okay, I'm going to check your liver. I'm going to press on your liver. I'm going to look at your history and see if these things are so. I'm going to look at your skin. I'm going to look at your eyes. And you see all these different manifestations of the body telling you there might be an underlying issue with something, right? And then I'll go underneath and you're like, wow, that is kind of tender up underneath that right rib cage. may possibly indicate that you have some underlying inflammation in your liver or fatty liver, which is very common. And in my world, I think most people have a liver issue. They just don't know it because it's so overloaded and so stagnant from having to take on everything that we're sticking down our throat has to go through the liver. All your medications, all your pain pills, all your anxiety pills, all your food, all your nutrition, things like that. And the liver just gets stagnant and then hits there. And then when the liver gets stagnant, you have a backflow of pressure in your venous system. So then you don't move nutrients into cells. You can't move toxins out of cells. And then all of a sudden you start to have pain because you got a liver problem, right? So all of these things I look at on my my checklist and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go here and see if this one's good. So one with the, the brain on that one, I do a lot of cranial work for people there. Uh, because you've got some underlying lymphatic issues in the head and the neck. So for me, number one is the brain. Number two for me is the lymphatic system, which is the detoxification system of the body that's usually so overloaded for people. That's one of the things that um, Kelly likes a lot with my work. And one of the things he did to help him recover from his knee procedure is the uh, lymphatic work. Hmm. And And so that's a system that most people never look at because why do I need lymphatic work? I mean, I've just got back pain. And right? on, on your Instagram, you were highlighted as the lymph doc. Yeah. And I mean, immune systems getting a lot of play 
and gut health. We've we've been yeah. pushing that for a long time. And well, I uh, I figured out. I mean, Jesus is almost twenty years ago. Uh, and and just anecdotally, uh, I got a bunch of like food allergy testing done uh, through Doctor Inkladon, who's our guy out in Arizona, Cosenta. Uh, and yeah. he came back, and it was like, hey, these are the foods that you're reacting to. And it was like IgG, IgA. I mean, all these different IgS. And I remember there was like a bunch of red foods and there was a bunch of green foods. And I asked him, I'm like, what if I just eat all the green foods? He's like, you'll be dramatically healthier and your performance will go up. And all of a sudden I started eating the green foods and I got leaner, I got stronger, I got better, I was, didn't, have, didn't get sick. And I thought it was so, I mean, I periodically go back and it changes all the time. I mean, you got to go do it every year or twice a year, but it's pretty fascinating to look. I mean, the idea that, um, you know, the body's like the, you know, the uh, window of the immune system really is that small intestine protecting the small intestine, make sure you don't have leaky gut, major issues and removing things that are irritants tends to improve uh, immune function. And which on, on your Instagram, you have a, a very visual for layman's like myself that can see your health tree in which you display lifestyle, emotion, gut, and lymph. So for our, our, a lot of our listeners out there are, are garage gym owners. They're hitting training and, and following nutrition because it's, they're trying to, to be a part of that lifestyle versus the professional. So for that garage gym athlete, how would you explain the lymph system and actions they can take to then have emotional benefits, gut benefits, and really the lifestyle that they're aiming for by investing in that health? That's a great question. So I came across the lymphatic stuff because um, <clears throat> list, uh, it's a primary system of your body that's going to remove waste, right? toxins from the body. And people say, what kind of toxins? You name it. All like of them. Viruses, bacteria, parasites, fungus, cancer, metabolic waste, cellular waste. And I want you to remember that metabolic waste, cellular waste. So your cells die every day. They're programmed to die because I got to make new ones, right? And then when they die, all that cellular waste better get out. And one of the primary ways that it gets out is through the lymphatic system, which is like a sewage system that you flush your toilet in your house and you get rid of waste. Same thing with the lymphatic system. Other ways that you also get rid of waste are you pee it out, you poop it out, you sweat it out, or you breathe it out, right? Those are all ways to get rid of things. And in my world from studying from people, I know that people will have long-term issues when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. So for me, chronic disease and chronic pain will occur because you lose the ability to make new cells that work. Because if you can make new cells that work, you wouldn't be sick anymore right? Because you get better because you have new ones. And in order to make a new cell, you need nutrients in because I got to get the nutrients in. That's food, what you stick in your mouth. I got to get oxygen into the tissue, right? Nutrients and oxygen are some of the big ones. And then once the cell uses oxygen and uses nutrients, it creates waste just like you do. Now I got to get rid of the waste. I got to get rid of the garbage, right? So what happens if you can't get rid of the garbage? Where does it stay? Fucking piles up outside your door and starts stinking and bringing rats and other exactly. disease problems. Like I wouldn't want to be anywhere near your freaking house, man, because it's going to stink in there. And your body is the house. 
So you keep all those toxins, all that waste inside of you. And here's what happens. When you have all that waste inside of you, you lose the ability to absorb the nutrients that you're sticking in your body. So everybody has been busy throwing in good stuff, changing your diet, changing your program, drinking water and breathing to get all those in. And I'm like, that's awesome. You want that. But if you don't get rid of the waste that's stuck in there first, you're really going to struggle because you can't absorb what you're putting in there. Just because you eat something doesn't mean you're absorbing it. And when you absorb it, you still have to metabolize it. So ingestion doesn't mean anything to me. Absorption and metabolism, and that only happens at the cellular level. So in my work, I started to focus on the toxins out part. Like if I can get the toxins out, what you're already putting into your system for nutrient wise can go in. And then I realized something that every time you train, every time you work out, what are you doing on purpose? Oh, you're creating trauma. Breaking down tissue and destroying tissues because you can make stronger ones and more resilient ones by breaking other ones down, recover, regenerate and become stronger, right? Because we know that it's not the training that break, that builds you up, it's your rest and recovery that builds you up, yeah. right? So every time you train, you are creating metabolic waste and that's good. But what happens if you're already struggling to get rid of waste and then you start training on top of that? You actually make yourself worse. You actually make yourself full of more inflammation. You actually make yourself full of more issues. You actually make yourself more prone to getting fatter because fat surrounds toxins. When you can't get rid of toxins, your body will give you body fat to surround it to protect you so you don't die. So you actually store body fat when you can't get rid of toxins well. Hmm. And you have the reverse effect. That's why a lot of people say, I train, but when I train, I feel worse when I train. Right? Or I'm training harder and I'm gaining weight or I'm not able to lose weight or I hit a plateau. That's because you have to now switch it around and ensure that your detoxification system works well. And going after the gut is great. And it just so happens that 80% of your immune system resides in your gut. So if you have a leaky gut, your immune system is compromised. And I'll give you one guess which system is resides in the gut that's the first system that comes into play when something breaks through the gut to try to protect you. Lymphatic? Exactly. It's called gut-associated lymphoid tissue. The majority of the lymphatics live in your gut. It's the number one system that comes into play to protect you when your gut gets irritated. So I already know if you got a gut problem, you got a lymph problem. And if you got a gut problem, you got a lymph problem, you're going to have a brain problem because they both go together all the time. So I'm already back to what? Number one. And I know that if I don't heal your gut and I don't heal your lymph, I'm not going to heal your brain. So then I go after those top three all the time and I go after your ankle and I go after your knee and I go after your back because maybe your back can't get better because you've lost the ability to make new cells that work in your back. I mean, um, I always hate the term detox because it's usually associated. Yeah. Like uh, it's usually associated with like, Hey, drink my fit tea and detox or, uh, there's this awful commercial here in, in Austin where they talk about uh, these juice cleanses as a detox to get you back on track. And it is such 
bullshit. Like, I mean, the only way you're detoxing, obviously, is through the liver. But, I mean, uh, are there some simple, like, infrared saunas? I mean, I know exercise. I'm thinking aerobic work. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like, there's got to be, uh, you know, obviously, your work. I'm just, I, I never saw something. I mean, like, I remember back in the day, they used to do detoxes where people would, like, get into, like, those uh, rubber, you know, uh, suits that, that uh, wrestlers would wear and, like, sit in a sauna to try to sweat right. things out. Is that kind of what you're thinking about in terms of, like, turning over the tissue, sweating out toxins, and getting people into a healthier state? Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of like a slang term detox, right? It's just for me, it's about how does your body get rid? It's just an arbitrary word, right? So no fifties. I tell people, it's like I don't really care what you call it. I mean, you could call detoxification, you could call it a toothbrush. I don't care what you call it, as long as you know that it's a process of your body just trying to eliminate waste, right? And we know that it does that through primary systems. So you're, and it's interesting that most of your organs are designed to do that, right? So your, your liver will help detox you, your kidneys, right? That you'll, you'll sweat. You'll, usually you're going to poop it out. You'll sweat it out. You'll pee it out or you'll breathe it out. And if you have an issue with a system, right? Let's, so let's say you get constipated. Well, if you get constipated, you're losing the ability to get rid of waste. That waste stays in you. And then your body has to find another route to get rid of that toxicity. And it's going to try to find another way to go, right? And it's usually going to go out through your skin. That's a person who's going to now start to stink. They'll have skin issues. They'll break out with autoimmune diseases on their skin. Could be psoriasis, could be eczema. Or you'll have really stinky breath. Because in Eastern medicine, the, the gut, the intestines, and the lungs always go together, right? So you'll, you'll have that that will manifest. So if you have a compromised detoxification system in one way, you're going to try to find another way out. Then what happens if you have multiple issues with those? Then it, it can't go anywhere, and it just, manif- it just sits there. That's why I do like infrared saunas a lot. I like red light therapy a lot, those type of things. They're very, very good at helping the body purge its toxins, you know, because you're going to get toxins just from breathing. I mean, that's called oxidative stress. Just, just from being alive on this planet, you're getting your ass kicked. Well, <laughs> Even and, if you do everything right. Well, and there's so many chemicals. Like, like that's the one um, when I just got all my blood work done. Like, there was a, I was high for all these, like, chemicals that I started looking at, and I'm like, where's all this coming from? And the doc I was talking to, he's like, he goes, you might be elevated, but I've seen people that are a thousand times that he's like the amount of like leaching plastic. I mean, the fact that all, I mean, we had uh, John, Dr. John Sapolsky on, who's a, a marine biologist talking about like in 50 years, we're going to all look around and be like, we used to put all of our food in plastic. He's like, right. th- he's like, that's going to be like the asbestos. You're going to see a commercial. It's like, did you eat your food out of plastic? Call this number and join this lawsuit. I mean, so think about like all the environmental toxins from leaching plastic to the chemicals. I mean, here in Texas, they fucking love to spray Roundup and like glycolytic phosphate is Oof. some nasty shit. And like that gets in. I mean, whether or not they say it's healthy or not, you're like, come on. Like that's well, a- in, in my neighborhood growing up. I just remember mosquito trucks. So they just go on our street and just spray mm. mosquito spray up into the air. And what is it? Nobody knows. I don't know, but. Then you you just play basketball in it like oh there's a truck and we're just still looping it up. But I, like I mean that's uh, you know and then you got to think about like all like the you know home cleaners and and gasoline and benzo and like it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting the amount of stuff like that we just absorb through our skin and hands and 
all of a sudden then manifest. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm amazed that anybody's alive at all. Like <laughs> of, of what the human body has to put up with. Resilience. Is truly miraculous. Um, I mean, think about how resilient he, the human body is. I mean, I like, uh, like I saw a deal where a guy lost, uh, he got blown up and it was like uh, six inches above his belly button. Everything was yeah. gone. And the dude's still surviving. I'm like, God, the human body is so fucking durable. Like it will, like it will go through and take so much and still continue to live, which just blows my mind. Yeah. It, it just goes to show you the resilience of the human body and of nature. And it, it's always going to, that's the hard thing when when you have chronic pain or you have an autoimmune disease and you're you're suffering you you feel like your body is attacking you and it's turned on you um and it's a mindset thing and that, that's how they talk about it in western medicine all the time it's always an adversarial relationship that's why you know, kill this, attack that. And that's why I gravitated towards Eastern medicine because it's much more of a, you know, a holistic one. Doc, I I don't know if you saw this, but uh, this weekend on Wikipedia, they went through and labeled everything from chiropractic to Eastern medicine, anything that's not Western pharmaceutical-led medicine as pseudoscience. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was uh, somebody forwarded it to me and I I looked it up and it's like anything that doesn't involve westernized medicine and modern pharmacology is now considered pseudoscience through uh, Wikipedia. And I was like, Jesus. Well, you know why that's happening, right? uh, The big drug companies. I mean, it's the same thing like in, you know. this, This whole COVID thing is driving a big shift in everything. So, um, you know, it's only going to get worse. I think. And it's pretty amazing what the body does every, every day to keep you alive. And you always have to keep in mind that even though you're suffering, the body's going to keep fighting for you till the very end, like all the time. Right? But, uh, that, that but if you provide for it, huge. but if you provide the right environment and give it the right, um, I guess, uh, assistance, like if we help it, it tends to be much easier, like a, like a much happier environment. I think about like, and you're right, I think we do have this adversarial, uh, adversarial vision of our body. And I always talk about it like it's the only thing on the planet that's in it for you. Like you have this symbiotic relationship with this vessel, you know, like let's say we're talking about like the Hindu spiritual versus the vessel. It's like we have this, you know, uh, symbiotic almost deal that we cut with this thing. Like we're going to get as far as we can and let's do it. And the problem is, is you have people that don't hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah, I put a quote up on my Instagram. I use it all the time because I, I talk about a cellular environment with the lymphatics. But um, I say that. You cannot get well in the same environment you became ill within. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very profound statement because, you know, it's the external environment, it's your internal environment, it's your emotional environment, social, mental, all of those things. And like I said before, that pain is not punishment. Pain, to me, the definition is a request for change. Your body is asking, we need to change something here. We just need you to be doing something different than you're doing now. And you might not know what that is, but I tell people that's okay. I just want you to start and do something different. So if you don't, if say if you're on A and you want to go to B, you don't even really need to know what the hell B is. I just want you to not do A. 
And then as soon as you don't do A, you've got different. And then you may lead to B. It may take you to B, but it could take you all the way to freaking Z. You don't know where it's going to take you. I just need you to do something different than what you're doing now. And it's the same thing I do with movement. Like, I don't really give specific, you know, exercises for your shoulder or for your back or corrective exercises because I don't believe in those things. Um, I just give you different types of movements to do than what you're doing now. And I'll see what happens, right? Because very often it's just because you did something different. And it wasn't some magical angle that you did with your hip at, uh, at, at this position or this many reps. It was just giving your brain different options for is, movement. And is so, move, sorry, go yeah, ahead. People get so stressed about moving wrong that you make yourself worse because you feed more stress because you're not moving right. I don't believe in right or wrong movement. I believe in different movement. So the brain doesn't think in terms of right or wrong. It thinks in terms of utility. What's useful? Is it useful or is it not useful? I don't care if it's right or wrong. Is, can I use it or can I not use it? That's how it thinks. And so when I get you into a position on the ground, people always say, well, where should my hips be? Should I, should I be arched? Should I be flat? And I say, yes, I want you to do the movement and I want you to explore all those different positions and feel comfortable doing that. You'll find a sweet spot that you feel like you want to be in. Play there for a little bit because you're going to feel safer when you're there. Then I want you to explore going one way and then the other way. And then your brain will get comfortable going through options. Because trust me, when you go out into the real world and you get in your car, you're going to be in all those different positions anyway, whether you freaking know it or not. right? Because you're going to be moving at a subconscious level not that conscious one. And even if you are conscious in the beginning, you're going to get back to your, your other ways and then it'll just be reflexive. Again. Doc, what, uh, um, whenever we do podcasts and we have somebody on who like yourself, that's, uh, you know, has something that's pretty unique. Like what are the things that people could take away? Like what's something that somebody could action very easily to kind of move them into the path and, and then, uh, you know, I mean, is it, is it some of the things that you post on your website? I know you do a bunch of clinics and have a, a lot of online stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, what's something that the people could action today that'd be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm in pain. Uh, you know, this doc actually sounds pretty interesting. And more importantly, it's different than anything I've ever heard. How can people, you know, do something and action something today? Well, one's a great one is, yeah, you can go check out my Instagram channel because I post a lot of different things up there for people to do and try and think. And I just try to get people to think a little bit differently and take themselves down roads that they might not normally go in. And I'm a, a big person on difference, which means that because people always want me to say what they want, what I want them to do. Uh, and I, I kind of veer away from that a lot because it's going to be different for everybody. I just want them to be open to doing something different. So exercise with movement. So I usually tell people with movement, I tell people move more of yourself, more often, more ways and more environments, which means that just do things that you don't normally do. And you're going to make a significant difference in your life just because it's different in relationship to pain. That's an easy one. Like I tell people, when you hear this podcast, go home, that I want you to rub all along your sternum, all along your ribs in the front, all around your belly button and around your abdomen and do that every single day for three days. And then 
then they say, how hard, how hard should I push? Yes is the answer. Like, <laughs> I want you to go light. I want you to go fast. I want you to go deep. I want you to go hard. Throw a little bit of heat in there, a little heat on your sternum, a little heat on your abdomen. Don't lay on it because I don't want you to get burned. But just put some stimulation into that front of the body because most people don't even pay attention to that area. And you can notice a profound difference in a lot of things in your life just from going there. And the probably the last one would be to really look at the, the role that the lymphatic system is going to play in restoration of health, recovery, regeneration, and pain, and just start looking into it. Like you can take my program if you want to, but you can't change something until you become aware of it, right? So for I'll tell people, once you look at the lymphatic system and just start playing with it, investigating it, then you can't unsee it. Like you'll just start doing some very simple things on there. <laughs> Trust me, if you go around your abdomen and your belly button and your sternum, you're going to release the areas of the body that has most of the lymph congestion in it anyway. That's where it sits. So how, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Like, uh, I mean, obviously, you have a ton of stuff on Instagram, but, I mean, if somebody wanted to actually come and see you, they got to travel to the northern part of New Jersey and come in and make an appointment. I mean, is that how, uh, or do you travel and do seminars or, or maybe, well, maybe not now since COVID, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I used to travel all the time. I've, for I think the last eight years, I've been traveling all over the world teaching, but now I do webcasts so people can come to my courses and tend them live that I teach them from my office. But if you go to stopchasingpain.com, stopchasingpain.com, that's my central hub for everything. You can make an appointment to see me in person. I do see clients right now in my office. I do virtual consults as well that people want to work from me from a distance. But you can also see all of my online courses, all of my self-help videos and memberships and pod. I've had my own podcast for over 10 years. <laughs> so if you type in Stop Jason Pain, you'll find a couple of things to keep you busy for sure. Awesome. Well, Doc, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was uh, not only super enlightening, but it's always great to connect with people that are, you know, pushing the boundaries and really this spectrum of pain and performance. And I think uh, I think we need it. I think it's totally needed. I think the way we're that conventional medicine is looking at this is completely fucking broken. And uh, we've been I mean, we've been doing with this podcast for seven years and the message has been pretty consistent where uh, if the first or the last thing that you, uh, you know, look at as a doctor where you go and it's a surgery and a pill. I'm like, dude, that is the last place you need to be. So thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Went really fast, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it always they does. always do. <laughs> yeah. Thank awesome. you, guys. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. You can find Dr. Perry Nicholson on Instagram at Stop Chasing Pain or head to his website, stopchasingpain.com. Until next time, bye! Stop